Good evening, everyone. It's great to see all of you here. And a smaller crowd makes me less nervous. It's, it's, it's kind of great. <laughs> all right, for today's meditation, we're going to go through Psalm 8. Um, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to whoever is the person who is uh, uploading the uh, messages weekly on the podcast. Um, for those who are, who are unable to attend, uh, on a weekly basis, that's really helpful. So thank you to whoever, uh, whichever brother or sister that's helping uh, us upload these messages um, onto the podcast. Uh, before we dive into Psalm 8, let's just bow our head for a short prayer, and then we'll get right into it. Our gracious, loving, Heavenly Father, Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful evening that you've given us to gather uh, in your presence to read and learn from your word, to spend some time in prayer. We pray that you might bless this time, uh, you might speak from your word, and uh, we might uh, take some lessons and put it in our daily lives as we go through our weeks, our daily lives, uh, and go about, uh, go about in our day. Uh, we pray for anyone who is still on their way, uh, trying to make it here. We pray that they might get here safely. We come with a small prayer into your hands in the most precious and mildest name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right, let's turn our pages to Psalm 8. I'll read all the verses from 1 to 9 first, and then we'll start. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? <clears throat> Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. As most of you can see from your Bibles itself, it's uh, it's a psalm by David. Um, just like most of his other uh, most of his other psalms, uh, it's kind of po poetic. Uh, it's a hymn of praise, you could say. And I want to draw your attention to the first verse and the last verse. It starts off and it ends off. Uh, ends the psalm with a very similar tone, similar to like how you would uh, think of a poem or a song. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And verse 9 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. If anyone has wondered why David uses the term, O Lord, our Lord, seems a little redundant to me, right? There's a Lord, and there's again our Lord. But if you look into your uh, Bible, you will see the first Lord is all in caps lock, and then you'll see the second, our Lord, 
uh, uh, written uh, just just the way it is uh, in small case, uh, except with the capital L. And uh, it signifies that David is calling God based on his covenant name. In some translations, Yahweh, he calls on God by the name of God. And then he acknowledges that this is our God, like this, this great God is our God and his God is what he, he's trying to signify by uh, uh, putting, oh Lord, our Lord. And it's, uh, it's a common way to say that this God is my master or is the Lord over my life. Um, it's quite interesting uh, to see why uh, he would uh, put that, put it uh, that way, could go unnoticed, but uh, it's something that caught my attention. Now, throughout the, throughout the psalm, you'll see uh, a main theme that's running through it, and that's, uh, that's uh, the majesty and greatness of God. And you'll see right off in the first verse when uh, David says that, uh, he declares the, his majestic name over all the earth. Uh, and in verse, uh, so we went over verse one and verse nine, which talks, which how how David is exalting the Lord, and he ends the psalm with exalting the Lord again. Now, verse two, let's read verse two once again. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. Um, you will see that in in many instances through scripture. God oftentimes uses the feeble, the weak, and in uh, many times not the best from a man's perspective, but uh, God uses these kind of people and uh, to uh, glorify his name. And I'm going to take you through a couple of uh, examples through scripture to show how God um, expresses his glory um, and how he is magnified uh, through normal people or through weak, um, uh, through, through weak uh, people. Uh, the example of babies and infants, as we all know, compared to a grown adult, uh, you know, babies and infants are weak. They can't do anything by themselves uh, without help. And that's a beautiful comparison uh, that's given right over here. And if you look into um, the disciples that when Christ was uh, on this earth and when he was picking out his 12 disciples, they were not necessarily the most um, qualified uh, in the eyes of the world. Uh, they were fishermen, some were not literate. Uh, they were, came from all different kinds of backgrounds, uh, but they were not necessarily the most um, um, religiously most uh, knowledgeable because there were scholars and there were other Jews who, who, were, who had way more knowledge in scripture than the people, than the disciples that, uh, that Jesus chose. Uh, it's just another example how uh, God uses uh, what man thinks is weak uh, for his glory. Um, there's also a reference to the same, uh, the same words uh, in Matthew. Uh, we'll just read Matthew 21, uh, verses 15. 
we're not going to go deep into uh, the scripture, but I'll just just want to show how it's uh, referenced in Matthew 21 verses 15, where Jesus himself quotes the scripture uh, when he says, um, well, let's read from verse 15 onwards. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, that Jesus did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant, and they said to him, do you hear what they are, these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you, ever, have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. Just another uh, a portion from the scripture where it references uh, uh, the verses from Psalm 8 by Jesus himself. Um, I'm sure most of you have already uh, gone through Psalm, um, Matthew 21 when uh, I believe Jerry was speaking uh, on Matthew 21 a couple of uh, weeks ago uh, when he went through all of this. Now, another example, again, um, uh, not from the New Testament, but from the Old Testament. Uh, in fact, the author himself, David, um, he was chosen by God to defeat Goliath. Now, when the Philistines and when the people around were looking at the battle between David and Goliath, um, to no normal light, it looked like David was going to win that battle with David. He is a small boy, um, and Goliath is a giant. And uh, God still used that little shepherd boy to defeat uh, Goliath. And uh, God was again, once again, exalted uh, in that instance. So just various verses and various portions of the scripture, which goes on to say how God uses uh, uh, feeble things in the eyes of the world to exalt his name. Now, let's go back to Psalm 8 and let's go from uh, verse 3 onwards. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? The author, this psalmist, just uh, just looks out into the nature. He sees what God has created. He is in awe of what is out there. Uh, just to uh, just because I was curious um, about how uh, the galaxy and the universe uh, and everything was, I dug a little bit deep into to see uh, how many stars we have and just. And these are just estimates because astronomers keep changing these numbers every time when they find, find new stars. But there's about 200 billion stars in our Milky Way. And there's about 2 trillion of similar kind of galaxies. And when David says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him? He looks at all these um, unfathomable creation that that human minds cannot even comprehend how this is all created and has come into existence. And he thinks, why would a God that made all these such big, beautiful creations, what is man in front of him? He just compares the, the contrast between uh, the greatness of God and uh, the works and how feeble uh, man is in front of this uh, extremely uh, powerful God. Um, there are a couple of other references again in Psalm that uh, 
uh, in Psalms itself, where uh, David or other authors reference a similar, similarly, um, I'm just going to go to Psalm 144. Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 144, verse 3, O Lord, what is man that you regard him, or the son of man that you uh, think of him? Again, a Psalm of David, but uh, you'll see throughout different um, Psalms that he has written, he's constantly referencing uh, things like this, and uh, uh, all in awe of God, God has uh, done, and what he, how he sees himself uh, in front of this great God. Now, Let's keep on reading to uh, the other verses, verses 5 to 8. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea, whatever paths along the paths of the seas. I like to draw a comparison between these verses over here and draw your attention to what took place in Genesis 1 during creation. Let's let's turn our pages to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 verses 28 onwards. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and, and, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and yet, and every tree with seed in its root, you shall have them for food. When God created man and when God created Adam and Eve, he gave authority or he gave the stewardship to look after everything that he created, whether that be the animals and the uh, uh, everything that was on land, um, on the sea, uh, in heavens and everything. As time goes by, you will see that man has not been uh, very responsible in uh, uh, doing this or maintaining or having this uh, uh, proper dominion or being or being good stewards of taking care of God's uh, uh, creation. Um, there are other uh, lenses through which you can read uh, Psalm eight, and um, and it's it's in a messianic way where where there are. There are scriptures in New Testament that were reference to Psalm 8 and reference to some of these verses as Jesus Christ. And we're going to go through that as well. Um, and it might uh, make you wonder why there's a portion. Uh, if we read Psalm 8 as a distinct unit, you can see it as it's talking about um, mankind and humans uh, and how feeble uh, man is in front of God. Uh, but there are multiple multiple verses in the New Testament that reference um, uh, the verses over here by Jesus himself and Paul in some of the episodes uh, to the verses in Psalm 8. Um, we'll just briefly, we'll just quickly read two of those verses. Um, one is in 1 Corinthians, 
chapter 15 and verses 27. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 27, for God has put all things in subjects under his feet, but when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he's accepted, who put all things in subject, subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the son, of, son himself will also be subjected to him, who puts all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. I would also like to turn your attention to Turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 and 9, 5 to 9, sorry. For it was not to angel, for it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care? For him, you made him. A, you made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection uh, under his feet. How uh, how we could uh, understand, or how to uh, to understand why there is this comparison, is that this promise of dominion is uh, not completely fulfilled uh, by men but it's ultimately fulfilled by Jesus Christ, um, the ultimate man, um, uh, in, which is why it is being referenced by apostles and Jesus himself in the New Testament. I'm just going to go back to the last verse of Psalm 8, which uh, ends with the same, uh, ends with the same uh, tone as how the psalm starts. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The main thing that we have to focus or where we can understand from uh, this uh, very short psalm is that to understand how God is uh, in picture in comparison to man, and um, how we how we are to uh, praise him for uh, for the God who he is, know our place and how weak and feeble we are, and uh, honor God in the days uh, and in our lives uh, uh, based on uh, based on uh, based on what the psalmist uh, writes over here. I hope the small words, uh, uh, a, a small uh, message uh, encourages you this evening. And may the name of the Lord be magnified.